Well, hey church, I just wanted to jump on before we get into this week's message because this week we are joined by not only the lead pastor of Letchworth Garden City Church just down the road, but also a great friend to me, Pastor Carl Johnston, who we are just privileged to have here at LCF. Last week, I was able to go and speak at Letchworth Garden City Church via online. And this week, I am so glad that Pastor Carl is able to join us today. So make sure you got your notepads ready. Make sure you got your Bibles. And let's hear what God has to say to us this week for the brilliant Pastor Carl Johnston. Hey, LCF. It's great to be with you this morning. What a joy, privilege and honour just to be able to come and share God's word with you uh, today. I believe the Lord's just put something on my heart that I want to share with you and pray that it'll be a blessing to you um, this morning as you gather as a a church. Before we dive into that, I want to give a huge shout out to your pastors, Mike and Becky. You know, my wife and I, Danny, we absolutely love your pastors. They are good friends. And, you know, we just love the fact that now geography, geographically, they're closer to us and we're able to just to hang out, although not being able to do too much of that over the last number of months. But, you know, just uh, just absolutely love these guys. So much respect and love for them and uh, and for you as a church as well. And just really enjoyed a bit of a closer relationship over the last few months to, together uh, as well. And so I want to just spend a bit of time with you this morning. In fact, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question that's this. What next? It feels like a really relevant question to ask in a world right now where so many things seem to be changing. We don't know what's coming in some, from us or to us in, from all different kind of angles and spaces at the moment. There are so many things that we seem to be wrestling with um, as individuals, as a society as well. What next? What does next look like for you? In fact, I also want to say to you that for every single one of us, I believe that we are all on a spiritual journey. We're all on a spiritual journey that God has set for us. And whether you've been following the Lord for five minutes, five years, or even 50 years, every single one of us is on that spiritual journey. In fact, if you almost think of it as a, as a continuum, and there's a kind of beginning end point, an entry point, and an end point. You think of this continuum, and somewhere on that continuum, that journey, your spiritual journey, um, is everything. On that journey, somewhere is everything that God has for you, the promises, the plans, the blessings. Everything is on that continuum, and He's actually kind of wanting you and encouraging you to make your way along that continuum, that journey of discipleship, that journey of maturity, that journey of growing with the Lord. He wants to lead you along that continuum. And I want to say this morning that, and you know, I, I really believe this on my heart. If you've got you know, if you've got breath in your lungs, if you've got a, a pulse, you've got a heartbeat today, I want to say it's time to get in gear. It's time to get in gear. It's time to ready ourselves, posture ourselves, hit that accelerator pedal to begin to move towards the what next, that blessing, that what next that God wants to lead you into in your life. And I want to spend some time with you this morning looking at five types of people, five types of people that, uh, that I think, you know, every single one of us, we're going to kind of attach ourselves, attribute ourselves to at least one, maybe two of these types of people. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go to Proverbs 29, verse 18. And what I would like to do is I'd like to look at the same verse from three different translations. So you're going to have to bear with me. I want to look at the same Bible verse, Proverbs 29, verse 18 but from three different translations. I want to show you something um, through all of these, and then we're going to look at five people, okay? We're going to look at five people, five types of people. But Proverbs 29 from the King James Version says, Where there is no vision, people perish. 
but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, the author here, when he says that word perish, he is not talking about physically perishing. In fact, he's talking about, when he says perish, he's talking about your hopes, dreams, aspirations, marriages, relationships. He's talking about those things dying, perishing. So this isn't about physical death. It's about something on the inside, something around you that matters that actually has died. There's death, that's got death about it, a smell of death about it. And maybe actually some of us, we kind of like, hey, Carl, that, you know, that describes me. I kind of feel like that. I'm living, but actually I feel dead on the inside. I feel like there's no life. There's something that is, there's a smell of death. There's something that has perished um, around me. We're living, but we're, we're dead. And you see, I believe that in that space where perhaps we, we're living and we've, we've, there's some things that have perished, it's in that space that I believe that the Lord wants to speak and he wants to help you and I to begin to dream again. You know, in a world where it feels like dreams have been dashed, where it feels like aspirations have gone out the window, it feels like so many things have changed. I believe the Spirit of God wants to come with an opposite today. And he wants to say, hey, it's time to dream again. It's time to learn to dream again. Learn to partner yourself with God and begin to dream again for that which he wants to do in and through your life. And I want to talk about five types of people here that I believe that every single one of us will assign ourselves to, to one of them. The first one is this, no dream. No dream. Look at Proverbs 29 again from the NIV version this time. It says, where there is no revelation, people cast off. Here's the word restraint. People cast off restraint. That word restraint, how can I describe it? It's almost like a whatever. Who cares? Have you ever said that? Well, who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. Whatever. I, you know, I don't, I don't really care and, and anymore. It's just about getting by. And actually what happens when we begin to kind of throw out that kind of statement, well, I don't really care, whatever, you know, I'm just going to get by. What happens is we step into a survival mode. You know, survival mode is not a great place to be. And some of you watching this, you know, you kind of like waving right now and you're like, I've been in survival mode. Survival mode is not a good place to be. I'm glad I'm not in survival mode. And I want to say to you right now, if you find yourself and you're in survival mode, you're kind of just getting by. It's whatever. I don't really care. Nobody can kind of take me out anymore. I've got nothing left. If you find yourself in that place of survival mode, I want to say to you today, I got some good news for you. God does not want you to stay in survival mode. Come on, that was worth getting out of bed for, right? God does not want you to stay in survival mode. He wants to lead you out of that place. Let me look with you. Look with me one more time. Proverbs 29, verse 18. This time from the message translation. Let's listen to this together. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. How many of you that find that's true with your life? I know that's been true with me. Stumble all over myself. But when they attend to what God reveals, they are most blessed. When we attend, when we give attention to what God reveals, we are most blessed. That word blessed, it's that kind of in your soul, you're happy. You're happy within your soul. And for those of you who find yourself today and you're kind of like hand on heart and you're like, Carl, that's me. I, I've got no dream right now. I'm, I'm perished. There's no dream. There's nothing that's there. I believe that today the Lord is giving you an invitation to say, will you dream again? Will you be le learn to dream again? 
You see, I, I don't know what it is about a dream. I don't know what it is about a vision. But, you know, when we get that, when we have that vision, that aspiration, that thing that we're looking to, we instantly just feel better, don't we? We feel bigger. We feel healthier. We feel stronger, sharper. And it just so happens that when we have that sense of vision that we feel all those things. But you see, circumstances come and they go. And circumstances in so many ways, we allow them to determine our happiness. But church, I want to suggest to you that actually visions and dreams and those God-planted things should be what determine our happiness. They should be what determine what happens around our lives and how we function. I love what it says in Jeremiah 33 verse 3 when God speaks into it and he says, I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Church, as we begin to respond to that learning to dream again moment, when we say, God, I've got no dream, but I want to learn to dream again. I believe that he wants to show you great and mighty things, things that you don't see, things that you don't know right now. He wants to begin to show you in a fresh way because when we connect afresh to a living God, we begin to dream again. God wants you close. He wants to take you along that journey, that continuum where you get closer, more intimate with him because he wants, and he wants to birth a dream within you. That's the first type of people, no dream. Second type of people is you've got the wrong dream. I'm not talking about a sinful dream. I'm not talking about even a, a kind of bad dream. It may be a good dream. It's just not a God dream. It's not a God dream. You've allowed yourself to dream a dream that actually is just full of earthly pursuits. That the main purpose of the dream is about what you can achieve or about getting more. And actually that becomes the main emphasis of the dream. And it's something that's just filled with earthly pursuits. It's, it's not in any way connected to the God dream that he has over your life. And in fact, I want to say to you today that, you know, in many ways, God doesn't mind you having that kind of dream. He just wants you to know it's not the best dream that he has for you. That actually his best dream, his favorite dream for you is one in which the, the one in which you are fully connected to the God dream that he has over your life. You see, I, I believe with all my heart that the, the greatest joy that you and I can ever experience is that when we are doing the very thing that God has called us to do. When we are walking and working in alignment with the assignment that he has called and placed over our lives. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, it says this, it says, finish the race and complete the task that the Lord has given me. You see, I believe that the Lord has put an assignment on your life, that there is a calling, a God-given calling and dream over your life. And the greatest joy we can experience is when we are living and walking in line with that dream. And I want to say, you know, I don't know many of you watching this this morning, many of you don't know me. I don't know your journey. I don't know your story. But I want to say to you, you know, that the greatest way that we can get on board with the God dream, that we can begin to align away from the wrong dream to the God dream is by simply surrendering our life to Jesus. That moment when we say, God, take my life, take me, take my possessions, take all of me. God, would you be number one in my life? Perhaps for you today, that's the next best decision. The what next for you is you've got to surrender. That moment where we consecrate ourselves again before the Lord and say, God, would you be number one in my life? The third type of people is you've got a stale dream, a stale dream. You've got a good dream, but it's gone stale. I don't know why it's gone stale. Maybe there's been a period of time where 
that dream that once was a fire within you, that was alive within you. And it may have been through delay. It may have been through uh, some other reason. But actually, you find right now in your life that dream has gone stale. And I want to say to you that this is a day and a moment perhaps for you where we open our hearts and our hands before the Holy Spirit. and We say, God, would you breathe afresh over my heart? Would you breathe afresh over my life right now? Would you take this dream which once was alive and is now stale? And would you breathe afresh over my heart and life? Would you revive me? Revive me, refresh me, refuel me, refire me for the dream that you have once placed within my heart. You know, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, he had a young protege, Timothy. And in fact, he prayed a prayer over Timothy that went a little bit like this. He said, would you fan into flame the gift of God? And maybe right now, the best thing we can do is pray over you and say, God, would you fan again the flame? That flame of that dream within that heart. Would you fan it again into flame? Would you blow? Would you blow over it right now in the name of Jesus? And would you refresh them with the fire of God? But would you refresh them with the dream that you have put within their heart and within their lives? And I know for some of you, for some of you, this is hard because you've been, you feel like you've been dreaming. And you've been dreaming and you've been dreaming and you're going again. And I'm saying to you, it's time to dream again. I want to just pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon you afresh, that he would revitalize you, replenish you, ready for you to walk and move from that stale dream into that fresh dream again over your life. The fourth type of person is you've got a vague dream. You've got a vague dream. You have a dream, but simply, truthfully, you don't know it. You don't know it well enough. And if someone was to ask you about it, imagine, you know, you and I were able to sit in a coffee shop and have a coffee. I mean, that's a novelty right now, isn't it? But, you know, one day we'll be able to sit and have a coffee together and we can have a conversation. I say, tell me about your dream, but you can't because you don't know it. I'm not saying you don't have a dream. I'm just saying you don't know it well enough. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. The instruction is this, write the vision. Make it plain on the tablets that he who may run, who reads it. Church, if you've got a dream, you've got to write the dream down. You've got to learn to be able to articulate the dream that God has placed in and over your heart. You've got to write it down. You can't read it. And if you can't read it, you won't run. If you don't write it down, you can't read it. And if you can't read it, you're not going to run. We've got to be able to run into that which God has called as that which he has placed. But we've got to be able to articulate it and make it plain and make it clear for everyone else. What next? You've got to write down. Your what next move is to write down that which God has given you in your heart. And then finally, the fifth and the final type of person is the God dream. A God dream will always require God's help. A God dream will always require God's help. A culture defying, a heaven impacting dream will need the help and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. A dream that makes a difference needs the help of God. A dream that plunders hell, populates heaven, needs the power of the Holy Spirit in there and God's help running through your veins. I want to show you something if I can. I want to encourage you with something here from Mark chapter 8. My time is nearly gone, but Mark chapter 8, in fact, when I was thinking about this, I I could have started with Mark chapter 8. 
But something in me here actually wanted just to finish with this little moment. I want to show you something in verse 22. Look at this with me. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. It says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Just pause there. Isn't it interesting that some people brought a blind man to Jesus, presuming that Jesus could heal him, and then they, they, they go to try and tell Jesus how to do it. Like, like they come to the expert and then they want to tell the expert how to do it. I, I find those things kind of funny. Verse 23 says that he, this is Jesus now, took the blind man by the hand and led him outside of the village. It's interesting to me that Jesus, the first thing he does is he takes the blind man away from the environment that he's in. Church, in order for God to breathe afresh in your life, sometimes he needs to change the environment you're in. Sometimes the conditions around your life need to be altered in order for God to speak an, altered, an altering word into your heart and into your life. And, and, and for here right now, it says of this blind man, it says he took him outside of the village. For some of us right now, in order to step into that God dream, God first needs to change the conditions around your life. And you need to allow him to do that. Let's carry on reading. He said, when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. This suggests to us that the man was once able to see. The fact that he's referring to trees, that they look like trees. He knew what trees looked like. He says that they, they look like trees walking around. Once more, listen to this. Once more, verse 25. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight restored, and he saw everything clearly. This morning, whatever dream you have, whatever type of person you may say you are, whether you're a no dream, a wrong dream, a vague dream, a stale dream, or a God dream, no matter where you are, I don't want you to miss this right now. I want you to lean in with me, and I don't want you to miss this. You see, in what we just read here in this story is that Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, Jesus, who had all the power of heaven, who was able to pray for this man the first time and heal him the first time, laid hands on him for a second time. This is huge. This is a huge thing for you and I to grapple with. Because just as Jesus once more laid his hands on this man to pray for him a second time, I believe just once more he wants to help you learn to dream again. Just as he laid his hands on this man for the second time and prayed for him, once more he wants to touch your life. Once more he wants to breathe the fire of heaven over your heart and over your life. Once more he wants to take a stale dream and turn it into a fresh dream. Once more he wants to take a wrong dream and he wants to release the God dream over your heart and over your life. 
Church, I believe it is time to change gear. It is time to get into the right gear. It's time to begin to move with God, to press the accelerator pedal, begin to step into the very thing that he has purposed over your heart and your life. It's time to alter the conditions around your environment in order that you can begin to thrive, not survive, but thrive in the God dream that he has for you. Will you get on board with the God dream? He doesn't want you to stay stuck in the wrong dream. He doesn't want you to stay. It's broken and stale in that stale place of a dream. But he wants to move you into a God dream. But will you allow him to move you? And will you get on board with the God dream? My time has gone. I wonder if you would close your eyes right where you are. I often say to our church community that closing your eyes is not a, it's not a deeply spiritual thing. God can speak to you whether your eyes are open or whether your eyes are closed. It's a privacy thing. It's a moment when we just center ourselves and we say, God, I'm opening my heart to you right now. And so I wonder, would you do that right where you are? And while you're doing that and perhaps just asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you and begin to just affirm some things in your heart and your life. I want to say this. If you're watching this and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, when we ask the question, what next? But perhaps your what next is to open your heart and to surrender your life to Jesus, to make him Lord of your life. To acknowledge the Jesus who died on the cross for you over 2,000 years ago. Died in order that you would know forgiveness of sin. That we could welcome him into our hearts and lives. And that he could begin to place a new dream and a God dream over our hearts. If you've never made that decision, you want to do it today. Reach out to one of the team. I don't know. Put something in the chat bar. Or maybe the church will make it clear to you how you can respond. But make sure you tell someone today that you want to surrender your life to Jesus. Christians, I want to just pray for you for just a, just a moment now. But I want to ask you, will you once more dream again? Will you once more learn to dream again and to ask him, to allow him to breathe a fresh fire, a fresh fire over you, to take that no dream and turn it into a God dream, to take that stale dream and turn it into a fresh dream? Will you allow him to take you there? If you will, why don't you just lift your hands before the Lord? If you're comfortable doing that, just lift your hands right where you are. Let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for every follower of Jesus right now. I want to thank you for the journey that they've been on, the journey they're on, and the journey you're going to continue to take them on. Father, I want to thank you that your heart for us is not that we would remain where we are, but that you would step us into a greater reality of your kingdom. And Father, for every person right now, the, the, wherever they identify themselves, whether it be no dream or a wrong dream, a stale dream, or a vague dream. Father, I pray by your Holy Spirit, would we know you taking us and leading us into that God dream that you have for us. And Lord, where you need to alter the conditions, just like you did with the blind man, where you need to alter the conditions around our hearts and around our lives. Holy Spirit, we give you permission. Help us to dream again. Come Holy Spirit and breathe afresh over us and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.